You talking about football? Yeah, football town. NFC North. Now let's talk football. What up, everybody? This is Headed North, an NFC North podcast, and I am your host, Detron. Now look, right up front, I want to say I created this podcast because I wanted to shine some light on some of the storylines coming out of NFC North. I am an avid Detroit Lions fan, and so I just wanted more content around our division. So I decided I'd create it. Now, I also need to lay some ground rules. This podcast won't be perfect, and neither am I. So if I make mistakes, charge it to my head, not my heart. Uh, But we're going to try to get you some quality content each week, both on YouTube, which if you're not on YouTube, subscribe to us, definitely go do that, but also here on all of your major streaming platforms. Now, for today's episode, the very first one, we're going to get started by looking back at last season for all four of the teams. We're also going to do some storylines to watch as we go into draft season and the offseason. But first, a word from our very first sponsor. Nah, I'm just playing, man. We don't have any sponsors. But look, if you're a business or an individual looking to reach listeners like you, definitely head down to our show notes. You can find our email contact there. Let us know how we can help your business by advertising right here on Headed North. All right, let's get into our very first topic, and that's going to be the Minnesota Vikings. Now, If I had to wrap the Minnesota Vikings season up in a phrase, it's they're either really good or really lucky. The Minnesota Vikings won 13 games, and I know it's hard to scratch that up to luck, especially in a league like the NFL. So I don't want to diminish what they did. But I do need to note, they won 11 games by one score. 11. That's a lot. But they made history. By having those kinds of wins with a negative point differential. And if you don't know what that means, they put up less points than they allowed. The Minnesota Vikings year was so interesting because they have a ton of weapons on offense and they can light it up. I mean, if you look at two of the games that they played, one against the Buffalo Bills when they won in overtime and the game against the Indianapolis Colts where the Colts put up 33 in the first half. Minnesota didn't touch the end zone and they still won 39 to 36. Minnesota has the firepower. But what Minnesota really lacks is that defense. And I think the storyline to watch for them coming into the offseason and then going into next year is the hire of Brian Flores. They went and got someone who, I mean, Brian Flores should be an NFL head coach already. He's been with what, New England, Miami, he was with in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlinson. Like, he's got a resume that should make him an NFL head coach. But Minnesota is able to go and get him for their defensive coordinator. Now, Brian Flores brings some legitimacy to Minnesota's defense. And now they just got to go get players. He's already been talking about there's some young guys on the team that he likes already. But I think watching... The storyline around Brian Flores is going to be a major one in whether or not Minnesota can lend some credibility to their wins next year by bulking up that defense. Look, let me check my stats. So Minnesota gave up the third most points ahead of only Arizona and Chicago, and they allowed the second most total yards ahead of only one other team, which was the Detroit Lions, my team. But look, That doesn't mean that Minnesota didn't deserve every one of those 13 wins. 
It just means that for next year, people are going to look for them to fail in those moments. And Brian Flores' addition to their defense is hopefully going to be the reason why they don't. But only time will see. So who's next? Well, I mean, if you go from Minnesota, who was the big dog last year, then you got to go and talk about the individuals who are usually the big dogs in the division. And that's the Green Bay Packers. And for the Packers, if I had to think about a phrase for them, it's probably how bright is the Packers future? Because we already know Aaron Rodgers is in dark mode right now. And chances are pretty high that he's not going to come out of it a Green Bay Packer. Look, the organization, through reports, have seemed to be tired of the antics that come along with the Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer, excuse me. Uh, and you could tell, like, him and LaFleur were like big brother, little brother, and LaFleur was usually little brother. I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback yell at his coach as often in public as Aaron Rodgers did with LaFleur, but whatever. I think the separation is on the horizon, and if it is, the real question should be, is Green Bay really invested in Jordan Love? The rookie class for Green Bay actually wasn't that bad. What, Quay Walker, who, who else did they have on their team? Uh, Quay Walker, you've got um, Romeo Dobbs, Watson. Like those guys, they had up and down years, but mostly up. Uh, individuals who you thought might have bigger years like Lazard, he was also inconsistent, much like the ever-cool Aaron Rodgers. And so I just think that the way last year played out, losing to the Lions twice, that last one at home really hurt because they had a chance to get into the playoffs and make this magical run. I just think that the time has run its course. And of course, as a Detroit Lions fan, I can't say that I'm all that broken up about Aaron Rodgers potentially leaving the North because that blows the division wide open. Here's something else to keep in mind about the Green Bay Packers. They have Jordan Love, but he's untested. So getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, what's the likelihood that they go out and get someone that's a little more seasoned? Uh, potentially Jimmy G. I know Derek Carr's out there, although he's talking to the Saints right now. Who could they go and get? Like, could you see Lamar Jackson playing in Green Bay? I don't think so. I really think if you're not going to go and get someone out of the draft, you've got to put all your chips in the Jordan Love bucket and hope that him and the Gen Z Green Bay Packers are really ready to take on this NFC North that seems to be coming alive with the Vikings and some of the recent success of the Detroit Lions. Now, when you talk about recent success, I can tell you one team that you're probably not going to mention, and that's the Chicago Bears. I am not a Chicago Bears hater. Actually, I think the Chicago Bears are a great organization, but the last few years have not been kind to them. So the question for the Chicago Bears really is, how invested are they in this field of dreams? Because they've fallen, and because they've fallen, they've gotten the number one pick, which means they could change the complete trajectory of their organization. But will they? Look, Chicago Bears has something super important that most people aren't aware of. They got cap space. The Chicago Bears have nearly $100 million in cap space. That's the most in the NFL, like, by a wide margin. The only team close to them 
like the Atlanta Falcons, and I think they're at like 50 or 60 million. So Chicago Bears have a really unique situation. They got a number one draft pick, and they got a ton of cap space, which means anything is open to them. They could go with Will Anderson Jr. They could parlay that first pick into several picks, or they could blow it all up and go and get Bryce Young and then use Justin Fields as like a, I don't know, a bargaining chip or something. But I don't see that happening. Because if you go and get Bryce Young, you still got to build a line to put in front of him. And I'm definitely going to say that Justin Fields is way more ready for the NFL. I mean, because he's already an NFL quarterback than Bryce Young would be. He seems more like a stardom if you have to, but give him a year to really get ready. Uh, and so I think Chicago probably goes with a defensive player, someone who they can plug in and make a feature on the defensive side of the ball. And then they use that cap space to go and get some upside on offense. Now, there's not a ton of wide receivers out there that you would be clamoring over, but Chicago needs help. So they could use just about anybody. So when you think about who's on the market, you got um, Alan Lazard is going to be coming on the market as a free agent. You've got DJ Chark. You've got Jacoby Myers from the Patriots. Uh, heck, even OBJ is still out there. So there's some options for bringing in a wide receiver. And there's also some whispers that if in New York, the Giants are bought into having Daniel Jones at, I don't know, 40 or $45 million a year, there might be a reason to think that Saquon wants to get out of there. And if I'm the Chicago Bears... I'd go and pay for Saquon in a heartbeat because that gives them someone else to focus on other than Justin Fields. And ideally, that's what the Chicago Bears need is just somebody else to help out Justin Fields because he ain't getting help anywhere else. Uh, the storyline for the Bears is certainly watch the draft picks, but watch free agency even closer. And the last team we're going to talk about, of course, my Detroit Lions. And my question for the Lions is, are we, are we still doing this? Are we... We still headed up because it feels like it. Last season, um, let me let me pause and say, everything I tell you about the Detroit Lions, you have to take with a grain of salt because I am a true fan. But I'm going to give you some facts that I feel like are important and those I won't be biased on. So we started one in six. We, the Lions, the Lions started one in six. They finished nine and eight. That's That's a fact. They lost seven games by 10 points or less. And three of those games were by three points against the Seattle Seahawks, the Buffalo Bills, and the Philadelphia Eagles. All three were playoff teams. The Detroit Lions have an ability to score the ball. They showed that pretty much throughout last season. What they lack is defensive secondary. And that has been troubling for a long time. Their offensive line showed really well. Skill players on the offense showed really well. Aiden Hutchinson, Kaminsky, those guys, Bugs up front, they showed really well. But the linebacker core, a little spotty, right? You got Malcolm Rodriguez who's coming on, uh, but that, that linebacker core, there could be some interchanging pieces there. And then the D-backs, I think Jared Goff is the guy for right now. Folks thought he was going to be like a bridge over troubled waters, and he's come on and been the captain of this ship. 
And he's done it like a franchise quarterback. So I think that with all of the draft picks that the Lions have in the first 82, they've got to go and sure up that defensive secondary. But should they take a cornerback at number six? That's not what I'm suggesting. But if they do, there's a couple of them out there that might be worth a fly. Although I think you can go and target some big names in the secondary, uh, in the free agent market. That might net you exactly what you're looking for, at least until you can go and get a draft pick out of the second or third round and allow him to really get his footing in the NFL. Because it's looking like Warrior and Okuda may not may not be in that secondary next year because there was some, some rough performances last year, for sure. So I think the storyline for the Lions has got to be about their draft. Like I mentioned, they've got five picks in the first 82, which means... They can get a lot of good equity out of their draft picks this year. And if I got to have faith, I'm going to put that faith in Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. They've done a good job thus far with the picks that they've brought on. So I can't really suggest that they do anything except what their heart desires. And granted, I don't have any control over it anyway. But if I did, I'd tell you, I'd probably go with a defensive lineman to accompany uh, Aiden Hutchison on that front and then I'd cop a cornerback somewhere later like with the 18th pick or whatever that first pick in the second round is I'd go after a cornerback because six seems like too high to go after a DB I mean we went and got Jeff Okuda with the third pick and you see how that has turned out Uh, and so check out how the Lions decide to draft that And hopefully, the Lions can avoid more of their coaches being poached away. I'm looking at you, Carolina. If they can keep their coaching staff intact and get a good draft this year, you may be looking at new kings of the division. I mean, heck, they're probably going to be the favorites to win the division already. So, the storyline for the Lions, draft well, draft well, keep drafting well, and draft some more. Uh, And we're going to keep building. They're going to keep building. I keep talking about them because they're my team. I feel a special place in my heart for them. So I can't avoid saying we. So those are our four teams. And look, I'd normally take you around the league and get you caught up on all the things that are happening in the NFL. But next week, I'll get you guys a recap of some of the stunning coaching moves, player moves, and some other potential off-season storylines for the rest of the NFL. But this week, I just wanted to recap some of the highlights from the NFC North's season last year and give you some storylines to pay attention to. So before we get out of here, I want to toss it back to our last sponsor before we wrap this thing up. Now, again, though, we don't have any sponsors, but if you're interested in reaching viewers and listeners just like you, head to the description below in our show notes and get our email address. Let us know what you'd like to do from an advertising perspective, and I'll see how we can link up. I need you guys to do me a favor. The show is brand new. Again, this is episode one. I need your feedback. Let me know if you love it, hate it. If you want to see more of it, you can reach us on Headed North Podcast on Instagram. You can get us at Headed North Pod on Twitter. These episodes are going to be casual, so if you don't like casual conversation about the NFC North, Probably not the podcast for you. But if you do, I need you to make sure your bags are packed because every week leading up to the season, we are going to be headed north. 
Till next time, guys, I'm Detron. Peace. You talking about football? Yeah, but without NFC. No. Let's talk football.